Hi, this is Andrew Kudomsky, and that is... Jason Roberts, how are you? And this is Recruiting.Technology, the best in bots, metrics, automation, and more. Uh, yet for another installment pre-All-Star break. So we're coming into baseball here, and Jason and I were talking about Moneyball stats a little while ago. We thought it might be fun to have a metrics conversation today. Yes, uh, I love the metrics conversation. It was my bread and butter for a long time. So let's, uh, let's dig in. It's still your bread and butter. It's still what you do. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think, I think, you know, we continue, we've obviously broken into more, you know, you know, deeper analysis uh, across other parts of HR and other parts of recruiting, but, you know, ultimately people always, and there was a bunch of stuff just out on, uh, on Facebook, on some of the threads on SourceCon, um, uh, ATAP just re- is, is, uh, is vetting a handful of metrics for sourcing, um, you know, people are always asking, what are the things that you need to measure, right? What are the one thing you need to measure? Yeah. Um, so we thought we would have that dialogue today, which I thought would be a good one. Yep. Let's, uh, let's dive in. So, Andrew, what's the one metric you should uh, measure a, a recruiter on? So the metric, okay, so maybe, and, and I'll answer that, but maybe we should define a couple of things as we're going. All right. Okay. So when you say recruiter, I, in my head, kind of have like the full life cycle recruiter who might have a sourcer supporting them occasionally or all the time. Um, I, well, no, I, I think a recruiter is, I think anyone who's responsible for uh, sort of the intake uh, the the relationship with the hiring manager, sort of the hiring manager facing a recruiter. Now, sometimes they also are the the sourcing arm of that. So I call that sort of a full desk recruiter. But um, really, sort of the the I take in the requisition. I work the I work with the hiring manager, uh, screen candidates, submit candidates, and then do all the administrivia to get the person hired in the end. Right. I close the candidate. We execute the offer. I make sure all the, all the boxes are checked in the ATS, right? That's, yeah. that's their primary, that's their primary job. So but hold on, let's, let's talk about this thing for a minute. I've been, I've been thinking about the irony of the value we place on the roles in, in the organization. So typically the recruiter is seen as sort of the grand poobah, like the main person, and they have sourcers that support recruiters. And it's, it's a little strange to me because a lot of the recruiters' job, they do have a relationship management with the customer, uh, with the hiring manager, who is their end customer. And I guess that's, that's, that's important. But the real value add of, of any recruiting organization, the true value add, is not the person who, um, who screens candidates and does all the administrative stuff to get a person hired. It's the person that, that can find the right person to, to fill the job, and that's a sourcer. But for some reason, the, uh, the sort of weight of the, the job, and even really I, some, a lot of times what I see at uh, the higher pay scales go to recruiters. Don't you think that's strange? I find it, I find it to be uh, an unbalanced I think it's unbalanced in a lot of organizations 
where yeah. if you have an or an, an organization will post a role, okay? okay, they'll post a role, and if that post produces four candidates who come into the front door on their own, just through advertising, branding, and it's a diverse slate of candidates, and it happens in a relatively timely fashion, and no sourcing is required, right? I would say that that organization's employment brand is very strong, right? They have done a number of things right, right? Such that when the recruiter engages the market, the need to create the, the inbound creates a lot. Plus the whatever's familiar creates a lot. So they have internal candidates. They've got employee referrals. They've got contractor conversions. So if, if they're posting and that naturally comes in, which by the way, tends to be a lot of candidates, right? Yeah. 80% of the market actually. If you, it's, it's a huge number. It's a yeah. huge number. 80%. I agree. So, if your business does that, I would say that your recruiter's job has limited sourcing uh, needs, right? Okay. Yeah. You, you, you will do some of it, but your job primarily is hiring manager satisfaction. Yes, and what I'll say is – So that's the one metric. I went a long way to get there. But I would say hiring okay. manager satisfaction – is the most important thing for a recruiter to be measured on. I like that actually. I, so what I'll, what I'll say is the metric that leaders care the most about. And, and I've dealt with, with leaders across the, uh, across the spectrum, right? Between and, you and me, it's several hundred, right? Yes. <laughs> hundreds, right? Hundreds. And that's, that's the beauty of our jobs is that we get to do this. They'll tell you they care about time to fill Everybody knows what time to fill is and that they care about it. They'll tell you they care about quality, but no one can agree on how to measure it. They'll react more, more severely to noise, executive noise. Mm -hmm. That, that is actually the metric they care the most about. If you're talking to a TA leader in real life, the metric that, that they care the most about is executive noise. I'll, 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 I'll tell you what, those are two really good ones. If you're going to measure the recruiter, the amount of, so some sort of satisfaction metric that says my, my, the group that I support likes what I do or they don't. Yeah. And then the amount of noise that is created by the executives that are around that supporting group. Those are two very good things. So let's call them escalations, right? So you guys have those oh. two. You have yeah, escalations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen recruiters that have no escalations. And then let me tell you, you get a couple of marketing recruiters and you get a handful of escalations that get all the way to the CMO. Those marketing recruiters aren't around very much longer. Yeah, that's, that's true. The other, thing to, the other thing to think about, though, my, my key metric I usually say that's out there, I know that's what the TAs, the, the TA leaders – tend to react more to executive noise. But the metric, if I'm, if you were to ask me how to measure which in a group of recruiters is the best recruiter, um, I have a different metric. I, satisfaction, I'm not sure, is good. Because you can be a really nice guy and everybody can like you. But if, if you don't do one thing, you're not 
you're not doing the thing you're actually there to be that, that you're hired to do. And that's to hire people. So I think uh, number of hires or specifically um, uh, I, I really like a metric that, uh, that we did for a little while when I was at Avenal, where we look at, looked at the salaries, total salaries hired. Um, right. So total, total compensation recruited. Total compensation recruited. That's another very strong measure. Yeah, I love total comp recruited because what that does is if you've got high volume, you should do a crap ton of that. If you've right. got if you've got executives, you do the one. You do the one a month and you're probably just as good. And the total comp recruited really gets that mix clean. I'll tell you what, as much as I like hiring manager satisfaction, right? Because it's an excellent indicator that's easy to grab. Uh, I'll 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 agree with you that that total total compensation recruited, right, is a very good indicator of performance. Yeah, and it, it's universal too, right? You don't have to shift that metric depending on what somebody's hiring or how. Oh, this they have really hard to fill. Okay, well, hopefully those hard to fill people you're paying more for those. That's right. Hopefully, hopefully you're paying more. And it works in all currencies. You can go ahead and you can normalize it to whatever the the home currency is for the business. It is an easy one to do. And in many cases, most companies have the data for this on like a regular hire report. Yeah, yeah, it's in there. Well, you have to make the offer. You got this right. You You had to make the offer at some point. So surely it's in the system in some way you can get it out. Um, that's, that's the, uh, that's my favorite metric to, to measure performance. Actually, it's my favorite metric to measure performance across the board, no matter what you do in recruiting, whether you're a sourcer or you're a, um, or you're a, a traditional recruiter, a full desk recruiter, whatever the total comp recruited, that's the, that's the key. And if I'm looking at an organization, uh, a, a recruiting organization, uh, total comp recruited uh, divided by number of, uh, by headcount. No, like per person, I got you. Yeah, yeah, as a percentage, as a percentage of the overall business. Right? Yeah, I'm looking at how your, how your, your TA function is performing. And that's a, that's a benchmarkable number too. I don't know why nobody else does this, but it's an absolutely benchmarkable number. You can put it across uh, you can put it across any industry. Um, you can put it across any type of job. Uh, I, I think it's it's worthwhile. Yeah, the the recruiter cost ratio, um, and uh, which is part of the the cost per hire metrics that were submitted a while ago to ANSI. So there's a lot of people forget about the cost per hire metric. They think it's just about cost per hire. Inside that standard, there's several metrics and formulas one of them is the recruiter cost ratio which is how much did they recruit versus how much did you pay them Ah, so you take you take the first year's compensation of everybody they recruited on offers for the year and divide it by how much you make how much they got nice well and i think there's something easy to compare that against right Uh, are you better off having that recruiter work for you or paying an agency fee that's, that's right. you know, the 25, 30% range. That's right. So, 
That's that's a valid metric. Yeah. So so I think that I think that the recruiter cost the the, the total comp recruited is a real good one. When you do that, uh, for those listening at home, easiest way to do it is by when the requisition has been opened. So you look at the start date of the requisition, uh, and then if you want to do it for a year, you include. You either do it by the hire date or do it by the start date, but don't try to get fancy otherwise, right? It's I do it by the fill date because they're not recruited until it's filled, right? Right, right. So, yeah, you pick pick one, but be consistent, right? So don't do it like how many recs did we work on? It's how many how many offers did we make in the year, right? And yeah. that, that makes it work. So for sourcers, I have a different one. Okay. Okay. So for sourcing, I think it's important to understand that whatever you don't get for referrals and whatever you don't get because your brand creates candidates is what your sourcers have to go get. Right. So as much as we'd love to say that sourcers are pipelining like crazy, the, the thing is they tend to kind of fill the natural gaps that occur in a wreck. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about this on Facebook, a bunch of us the other day, and some people said, well, maybe it's just the number of submissions that are accepted by the management team. So you, you say, oh, it's really important that a sourcer gave in five people to a recruiter or a hiring manager or both, and four of them were accepted for interview, right? Yeah. So 80% of the time, they're, you know, they're batting 800, right? And as much as – or let's just say they're getting on base. They're getting on base 80% of the time. Okay. So I like that metric. But, but I think what's important is understanding what percentage of the overall interviews that made up for the for – the, for, the, for the recs they're supporting. So this is way too complicated. It's Here's- not too complicated. Yeah. Look, you got a rec- look. You get you got a sourcer. They put in twenty people in a month. Yeah, to a bunch of recruiters, a bunch of hiring managers, and all those hiring managers on those recs, they're either going to have let's just say that they now have forty interviews across all the recs that those that sourcer was supporting. Twenty, okay. twenty came from the sourcer. 20 came from referrals, branding, internal candidates, whatever. That means that that sourcer sourced half the slate of all those jobs. Is that good or bad? That's not their, that's not their problem. Yeah. Right. Because sourcers can't control internal candidates being interviewed and they usually don't have a lot of controls over employee referrals that are approved and, and if they have a candidate who comes in off of like a job board, we can't say, oh, thank God the sorcerer found the person who came in through the ATS. Yeah, so it doesn't matter um, what they can control. So here, here's why. why. What's the business problem you hire a sorcerer to, to solve? Get get. To fill the slate of candidates who have enough choice. It's to have enough choice. Problem. No, no, no. The business problem is 
you have an open job you need filled. It's not, I want to pay an extra guy, I pay, a, pay a person just so that I have more options. It's I want to pay a person so they'll find me the person that I hire. Yeah, but you're making, but you're making the assumption, Jason, that that means that sourcers are in the, in the job of making sure internal people don't get promoted. Sourcers in the job. Well, it's a, they're, so if, they, if, if a sourcer all, let's test this, let's push the limits of this. Yeah. Sourcer goes in and they provide 50% of the slate for a year. 50% of the slate, which I think is a pretty high percentage. It's a very uh, high percentage. For an entire year and uh, zero of those people get hired. Well, that's okay. That, I, I agree that that's it. But I would say that it is likely that uh, if they're carrying 50% attribution, yeah. the normal is a normal distribution, right? So 50% attribution, they're getting half the, hot, half, the, half the people who were interviewed. I would say that 75% of that 50 are probably getting hired. What? Why would their 70, why would their hires be more likely or their candidates be more likely to be hired than the referrals? Oh, it's, 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 it. okay. Even if we did halvesies on both. Okay. Right. Or we did a third, even if we did a third, if we yeah. said there was a, let's use real numbers, 120 candidates were interviewed in a year. Yeah. A third were given by the sourcer. A third were referrals or internal candidates. And a third came off of like monster. So you have a, you have a major assumption here that I don't, that doesn't always track. You're assuming that, that all of these candidates are of equal quality. And you and I both dealt with people as, as sorcerers in the past who just sent you garbage. And no matter how many to- times you told them this candidate's not great, you kept getting the garbage. So oh, they- yeah, but, if, but look, if, if a manager... So, so I measure it now where if you're measuring on percentage, uh, percentage of the candidates that are submitted and the candidates are garbage, then they're no, still no, no, getting no. not submitted, oh. not submitted, accepted, and then approved to be interviewed by the hiring team. So interviewed. Oh, oh yeah. Interviewed in for what? And Jason, we changed it for, from since the last time you and I worked together. We now do it not only when the hiring manager interviews, we do it when their peers interview. So yeah, we don't I, I count do. it until yeah. somebody other than the hiring manager interviews that candidate. Oh, so you don't do the first interview. You do no. the, the interview. Because, because maybe the hiring manager likes to be involved a lot, or maybe yeah. they're using video interviewing or something like that. So we're like, look, when you tell us that you want someone on your team to spend some time with this person, you have lost the right to say that's a crappy candidate. See, I think <laughs> – I, I think still, even with sorcerers, whether they control it or not, if a sorcerer doesn't get a single hire for the year, they have, they, it's been a total waste to have them there. They, they've added zero value to the organization when they get zero hires. If they're getting zero hires, if they're not getting regular on this 120, right, on the 120 interviews that happen in a year, 10 a month, yeah. and they're contributing three, high, three or four or five interviews a month and a quarter goes by and they got zero somebody almost needs to step in and say okay is this a quality problem is this a bias problem like really really track it because that's unusual to get zero 
I've managed really good sourcers, right? And really big sourcing teams over in the past. And what I was, what was striking to me is sometimes you'd have these big name sourcers, like people that were supposed to be my hired guns. By the way, I don't ever hire a hired gun sourcer anymore. Um, and uh, so I'd bring in these hired guns and I expected them to make some rain. Nothing. Like didn't get hires out of them. And then they bounced to their next hired gun gig. Right. And uh, it was a total waste, waste of time and money. Uh, frankly, they might be a total waste of space. That, that as, as humans, that might be the case. <laughs> but, uh, but, the, but then there, there are some sorcerers that are out there that they weren't the hired guns, um, but they were just constant deliverers when it came to hires. And on the stats, those hired guns, man, they were firing resumes off all the time, and they might get some accepted, but I never made any hires out of those guys. And uh, there, this is where my Ronnie Bratcher story comes in that I tell a ton of times where that guy, he was, he's, he's kind of quiet, reserved, took him a little while to ramp. But when he started ramping, man, I got killer hires. I, right. He pushed his 10. The guy gets it done. Right. Yeah. Nine, nine weeks in, I'm getting 12 hires in my hardest skill set a month. And, and I'm golden. That's all, that's all I need. And I'll take a guy that can do that over a, over a higher gun any day. But, See, but my big deal is I needed to fill those 12, those 12 spots. But now, the, if, so I guess the question is, yeah, but do the 12 spots get filled, right? So if yeah. I've got 12 spots to get filled, in some cases, I just need one interview per hire. It's yeah. rare. But usually, let's just say that's the case. In some cases, I need two interviews a hire, right? Right. And in some cases, I might need three. So, okay. and these are hard to hard to fill roles. Now, occasionally, we find those roles. We don't have internals, so we're not going to be flipping anybody over. We don't have contractors. We're not going to be converting them. And the referrals are weak. In that case, if a sourcer isn't making hires, you're like, wait a minute. You're supposed to be finding people. Yeah, that's that's your job. That's right? your job. But there are plenty of companies, especially the smaller ones, where they they don't have a large sourcing team. It's kind of like they may have like one or two or three sourcers. And all yeah. they're looking for is that sourcer to say, look, I need another candidate here to make this happen. Or my two candidates that I have, they're okay. They're they're a little weak. I think I can get them in and they're qualified, but we need a rock star. Go get me a rock star. And then you go get the rock star. Yeah. So I've got a, I've got a deal where um, we, we've had sorcerers come in that, uh, that we think are solid. They'll, they'll come in, they'll, they'll deliver, they'll deliver on consistent hires. And I will take those every single time versus a high submitter. The, the high submitters are, are – or even even the ones that I, – I just measure to interview, right? I'll, I'll measure quality to, to interview. I haven't – second interview is not consistent enough, I think. I'm not sure about that metric because I don't, I don't consistently – Well, you, you got to have – I mean, in Taleo, as an example, that's like a standard, right? That's a standard. And then usually because you can kind of track it on the fly, did they yeah. interview with somebody else because you have the interviews to track I'm not saying it's flawless. in very often, right? So, like, I, you know, that first one gets gets tracked. You know how we are, how good data is on the on the non required steps. 
Oh yeah. yeah. So it's required step. So it gets a little dicey from there. No, I, I appreciate that, but you know, but ultimately I, I would say if the person gets, if you submit the candidate and the hiring manager says, yes, put this person into interview with me and some other people, right? That's the high quality measure of a sourcer. And then, and, and, and when they're working on requisitions where they're supposed to be getting the majority of the hires because the brand has failed and there are no internals. Yeah. Hires make a hell of a lot of sense as the key measure. Yeah. Well, I think, I think hires always like, otherwise you don't need a sourcer. Like I think the, I think you should judge, this may not be a measure of the, the effectiveness of that individual, but just whether you need a sourcer or not, if you, if you have sourcers and you're not getting hires from them, you need to think long and hard on the business reason for having that sourcer. That's, Doesn't that's, make sense. No, th- that's fair. Right. Yeah. If they're not getting hires, right. You're going to have to almost self justify. What did they do that created value? Because it's not easy to point at that. Oh yeah. They hired John, Sally, Maria, and Denny. Yeah. And I've, I've had this happen before, right? Where we, we have a company with, with great brand. We're getting good volume through. We're not seeing the hires from the sourcing team that we would expect to see. We've got good people on that sourcing team. And the question is, does it make sense to have a sourcing team? And still for that recruiter, you know, being judged on uh, just taking a look at, uh, is my job secure or not? That one metric they need to look at is number of hires because at the end of the day, somebody's going to look at this and they may not judge whether they are, whether that sourcer as an individual is effective or not. But what they'll do is they'll judge whether sourcing as a whole makes sense for them in this spot and eliminate that position. You, the bottom line is that whether you get hires or not determines whether you stay in that job or not. That's yeah. why it's an important metric. Well, and the thing is a sourcer, if you were to, if you were to use a baseball analogy, a sourcer is probably really sitting in like the three, four or five spots, right? They're, they're a key hitter in the lineup. Yes. You're supposed to get doubles. You're supposed to hit home runs. You're not just supposed to get on base. We, we put you in the lineup in a way that says, we're kind of expecting you to hit with power. So how do we measure that? Oh, well, I'm releasing, I'm releasing that next week. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll, we'll wait for your release. So because how do you measure, oh, this person filled one job this year, but it was the hardest to fill job we ever had. Like how, how does that show up in a metric? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, what we can do is you have to, it's, it, it, you know, using the baseball analogy, it's the difference between batting average and slugging percentage. You're, you're killing me on the baseball analogies, man. I, well, I that's like the truth. There, there's it. something to be said. There's something to be said about a sorcerer who consistently shows up and gets not one, but two or three candidates on a slate, have it be a diverse slate, and do it quickly. That is a high-performing sorcerer. They've locked out any kind of crap from the hiring manager on choice. Versus the sorcerer who just every once in a while pops in one person who gets an interview. 
So what, what's the slugging percentage? Define that for me. Slugging percentage is how many be- is is basically as you work around the diamond, you, can, yeah. you know, it's you get extra points for hitting a double, extra points for hitting a triple, even more points for hitting a home run. Okay. All right. So if I, I hit a double, if I hit a double in recruiting, that's kind of like I got a slate of three people on my own, on my own, no internals, no referrals, none of that. I got them. Me. Okay. I get it. I get what you, I, I see what you're getting at there. Um, I don't, it, it still comes down to hires for me. Well, but the thing is, is you can only get the hire, right? It's a likely, there's a high likelihood that you're going to have the hire plenty of jobs close, right? Because it's taken too long and you didn't get enough candidates, but yeah. you and I both know that it's single digit percentages on a job, not getting hired. If you got three or four, if you got two or three candidates within two weeks who are scheduled for interview, the likelihood that that job's not going to get an offer is so low. Yeah. Well, the other challenge I run into on the sourcing side is we, um, we expect them to be the sluggers, right? We expect them to, to do the three or fours, but we, uh, we put them on teams as like uh, late season trades, right? They'll show up and they'll show up for like just a little while and we'll expect them to knock it out of the park during that, that little time, you know, high value wrecks, uh, hard to fill wrecks. And then we move on, on to the next thing. They're, the problem is they don't have a chance to, build the pipeline to execute in that case. So that, that's the hard thing about, that's the hard thing about a sourcer, right? Is that you, you kind of want to put them in a, in a place whereas they, they have activity each day, they can leverage their previous day's activity so they can stay hot. Right. right. Yeah. And, and so that's on the managers to really think about, well, what type of sourcing work do they have to do in order to produce the candidates, you know, that, that they need. And if it's a lot of digging and name generation and that kind of stuff, well, keep them at least on those types of jobs because maybe they've developed those competencies and skill sets to stay hot. Yeah. So the professional podcasters here, did your phone just ring on our podcast? Yeah, I know. I didn't realize that it was wrong. (laughs) That's a pro move. That's not being edited out. No, that's a pro move. Actually, I had that happen. I had that happen at RecruitCon. What was it? Last year, the year before. And the best was my phone was on like in the back of the room. Nice. And so there's like 200 people in the room and like the guy's phone was going off his mind. And I'm like up way up on the stage. I'm like, hey, don't worry about that. That's my phone. (laughs) That's great. So we had a deal where a buddy of mine was on stage and Apple watches had just come out Yeah, and he gets up there and we start texting him that his flies down while he's presenting. Oh, and nice. The eye conference. We're like, dude, your flies down. And he keeps checking his watch and you know, the whole time he's just looking at his watch and what do you do when you're on stage? Like, you, like there's this, there's this moment where you have to decide if you're going to, are you going to check and correct that situation or just let it roll? <laughs> and he just let it roll, but he was uh, like six, six of us were there and we were all texting. Hey, he flies down. It's great. That's really, really fun. Okay. So 
So what did we come back with? We came back with hires are critical for sourcing. I was saying that you have to attribute, there's a, in, in some cases, it's more about how much they attribute to the hire. Right. We both agreed that total compensation recruited and hired yeah. is the key metric for a recruiter. I love that one. I, I think, I think we're locked in. I think that's the metric for sourcers too. Total compensation hired is, uh, is the one that I like for, for uh, well, sourcers. Well, I mean, look, and you and I just figured out, I mean, hell, I mean, this is only like three that we talked about. Yeah. So you might as well measure all three. <laughs> what about quality? Quality of hire? Yeah, quality of hire. Yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to find the holy grail too. And I know. Things. So it's this is this is one that you know people listening are, are like the comments are going to be. Well, what about quality of hire? Here's the thing with quality of hire. Um, quality of hire is a really difficult metric because it to measure it. There, there are a couple of things that you can do to measure quality of a of, a, of an individual. Um, one of those things is their employer review. Here's what's happened with employer reviews right now. We've all decided they're terrible and we're getting rid of them. Right. We're not going to do performance management anymore. We're not. Well, you know why? You know why that's happened is because 80% of, um, of variance in employee performance can be attributed to rater bias. So the hiring manager's bias, are they an easy rater or a hard rater? Or right. buddy person or not, whatever the case may be, 80% of the score is tied to that person's bias. So it's not, it's not useful. So, okay, you can't measure quality based on that. Um, one of the things that we do is we pay people bonuses and better people get paid more bonuses, not as good people get paid less bonuses. I think that's pretty good. We give people spot bonuses for doing a good job. So here's a spot bonus for this thing. Here's a spot bonus for right. that thing. That's a good thing to, to track. Um, but and then what are they assuming saying? by the way that there's been a budget for spot bonusing throughout the year. Yeah, the, I think more and more companies are doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and then the other measure of quality, I kid you not, is is the person still there? Longevity is right. the I'm not kidding. That's that's a key measure, especially like in um, call center world. Did the person last past the first, you know, three months? And that's that's a, a measure of right. quality. But no matter how you cut this, it's a, uh, it's a really far-looking, uh, um, far-backward-looking um, metric. So if you realize I've got a quality problem, you're looking at hires that you made a year and a half beforehand that went through a rating cycle, and what do you do about that? How, how can you take action? So quality, met- quality metrics right now don't make a lot of sense if you want to have actionable metrics. Meaning, yeah, I, I, I see something going wrong and I need to do something about it. I, I think, um, so per my normal, I overcomplicated a formula on this six years ago that's based on the NFL quarterback rating. Yeah, okay. Okay, but it's all, and it's on my blog, you can look at it. And it all basically says, you have to use operational data to measure the quality of, of a hire. So if you've got a salesperson, you're measuring their sales and their proposal turnover and, 
you're measuring, if, if you're measuring uh, an inventory manager, you're looking at things like shrinkage and you're looking at, you know, how many pallets they're moving and all kinds of stuff. It's all operational. You can't just say, because they're here, thereby, thank God, recruiting did their job, right? Or because yeah. we, we, they left, it was a bad thing. Jesus. So, you know, I think, I think that the, the, the issue is always um, it's operational data. It's not turnover data. It's not, um, you know, some random performance metric. Um, and it's tougher to do in certain functions. It's just really tough to do in certain functions. Um, but I think, you know, if you're going to do it, if you don't have operational data, you know, you're, you're sticking your finger in the air trying to figure out which way the wind is blowing. All right. So we've decided total compensation recruited might be the holy grail of metrics in real life. We like that the most. We like uh, total compensation recruited. We think that quality of hire is mythical and unrealistic. It is an awesome unicorn that we all want to have, that we all want to get a hold of. Yes. It is, it is Bigfoot. It is Bigfoot. It is the Bigfoot of metrics. People may say they've seen it, but they're on, they're on very strange papers uh, that, uh, that no one picks up. They're on the national, not, not even the Inquirer. What's the, the, the National Examiner or whatever that Bigfoot paper is? Oh, um, uh, the National Inquirer. Is it? Okay. So yeah. that's, that's where they are. So I think we, so that's a good wrap up. Um, the one thing that I'll say is as you're continuing to make your weird sports analogy related scales, uh, the next one I think needs to divert from sports and rate everyone on a, on the Nick Fury scale of awesome recruiting. The that's Nick Fury mean. scale of awesome recruiting. Well, if you think about it, like the first Avengers movie was a recruiter movie. Like his whole purpose, Nick Fury's entire purpose in that movie was to recruit. In fact, all the Marvel movies leading up to that first one, he was a recruiter. This and is he true. was comfortable in, in his time, in the times that they're needed and appealing to the things that are unique to, to them on why they should go and work with him and this team. He is the ultimate superhero recruiter. We should measure all recruiters on the Nick Fury scale. I think we, I think that's good. You know, I stole that from you. You mentioned that a couple of years ago yeah. and I did a disrupt HR in London on okay. how the candidate experience is basically blown up. It's full of crap, you know, how the way we're doing it is the wrong way. And, and it was interesting because I had a picture of, of Nick Fury. Yeah. It was Samuel L. Jackson kind of looking like this with his hands folded Nice. And, 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 the, and the tagline was, have the offer ready when you show up. <laughs> That's perfect. Like, so if, you're, if, if you have someone in front of you, you're offering them the job. That's where we're going is that be ready to do that right then and there. That's, that's, the, that's the trick. Uh, all right, man. I think that's good for today. That's good. Hey, uh, so I've been Andrew Godomsky, and that has been Jason Roberts. And this has been Recruiting.Technology. Thanks, everybody. Adios.